gears and tie holes They spin and they glow Days and nights still come and go I woke up to the scent of a newly mown lawn The memory of your hair upon it I still believed in love That love prevailed Yes, I believed in love That love Love Promises are spoken hastily and broken hastily too. In the heat of the moment And the headlong rush Yes, some things are said Which cannot be unsaid I still believed in love That love prevailed Yes, I believed in love That love Love prevail These sacred places That we build all our diversions in their empty rooms It's in the details that we rise and we fall We overlook them at our own peril I still believe in love that love prevails Yes, I believe in love That love Love prevails Oh, I believe in love That love prevails Yes, I believe in love And love Love Abundant 
I wonder if that light I see is beckoning or warning. Maybe I'll be blinded by that light. It's true I wanted everything. I guess I always have. I gladly paid the price and asked. I guess I always have. I guess I always will. Thinking about what is lost and what is found, I can't help but wonder: Is it simply point of view? It's true I wanted everything. I guess I always have. I gladly paid the price and asked. I guess I always have. I guess I always will. But I have no regrets. I would do it all again if this is how I land in the end. No, I have no regrets. I would do it all again if this is how I land in the end. But still, I miss old days of roses and coffee in bed and talking till the breaking of day. I miss those days of roses and coffee in bed. And if a day like that would show up one more time, I would not waste one single precious moment. The dreamers may dream that the future's unwritten, not the parts of me that I'm leaving behind in you. And every moment that passes between us, we always see. Hey, there you are. The honey flows from you to me, back from me to you, back to you. Don't let it be said that it's too complicated. When it's said and done, it all comes down to love. Yeah, the dreamers may dream that the future's unwritten, not the parts of me that I'm leaving behind in you.
Don't let it be said that it's too complicated when it's said and done. It all comes down to love. And welcome to the weekly review. This is Roman. Today it's Friday, July 26, 2019. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land, and one way folks can give back to the land is if you go to the Shumi Land Tax, uh, which is this uh, Sagorate Land Trust, and that is if you type in S-H-U-U-M-I Land Tax, you can pay a tax for being on the land and also learn more about where that, that funds go as well as to the, the origins of the land that we're on. Something else that folks can do, I also want to recommend folks check out John Trudell if you haven't already. And if you go to John Trudell, and that's J-O-H-N-T-R-U-D-E-L-L dot com, you can listen to some of John's uh, words and music. Uh, he's a speaker and just really uh, impactful words. So I recommend that folks ooh, uh, check that out. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm feeling a little bit mm, just uh, been down a lot lately. There's a lot to be down about, I recognize. And also there's a lot of actions happening and positive. There's a organizing and there's a lot of events happening uh, to combat the rise in fascism that's happening in this country. And also recognizing that oh, so much of how this country has been built and what it's been built on, it's merely an extension of that. So wanting to put that out there. I have a, there's a cute little pup named Sparrow who's here in the studio with me, um, and Sparrow's a, a very sweet dog, and will, uh, uh, helps me stay a little bit more upbeat. I know I don't sound too upbeat, but it's nice to have little animals here, uh, to cuddle with. Okay. Uh, now on to the show. Uh, so, oh, lots of sighing already. Goodness. Okay. So I wanted to start off by... I don't always, uh, every, you know, every week is an experiment in a way in the show. I've been doing this for over five years. And also I oftentimes listen back like, oh, I could have done this differently or should have said this or should have, should have, should have said that. And it's kind of like life in general. We're like, hopefully um, we, we learn from our mistakes. We are either called in, called out. And it's just a matter of how to either use different language, different behavior. How can we be an I? How can I be less oppressive in my actions? What I do, where I spend money, et cetera etc. All of these things, it's, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot to witness and there's a lot of different ways to show up, a lot of ways for self-improvement, continually working on that. Also, perhaps I have before, uh, just offering my apologies. I don't know. I really don't know all the folks who listen to the show, but it's wanting to put it out there into the universe. Oh, I'm also, uh, almost three, three, three years sober, which is a lot, feels like a lot and it's difficult as hell. So, putting that out into the universe as well. And it's, uh, it's not easy. Oh, goodness. So putting some personal information out there in the universe. Now on to the <laughs> not so personal information. Oh yeah. So wanted to start off. I don't always credit the music that we play. I try to, and then of course don't always get to, there's a lot, there's a lot of things happening on going on. So this was the second half of the audio manifesto, which is credited to Emma Derudi, which folks can find on YouTube. The original band camp was pulled down. Uh, folks can also, if you want to Google Emma Derudi and find out some information about this person, uh, that's highly recommended. It's going down. <sighs> also, I'm sighing because there's a lot going on. Yes. So you can Google uh, Emma Derudi, um, and it's going down and find more information about this person. 
and their actions. And this is called the Audio Manifesto. And if you type in E-M-M-A, then Darudi is the second name, D-U-R-U-T-T-I. It's one, one of the names that's credited with the music. You can find this uh, full album of the Audio Manifesto. It's on YouTube. It's elsewhere as well. We played the first half as well as another song last week, so I wanted to continue on with that. And I do like to have links between the shows. Oftentimes we revisit stories or musicians that we played previously, and it's nice to have some a connection there where if you're listening to today and didn't listen to last week, perhaps you'll want to listen to last week. And if you're listening last week and like, oh, I really hope I can hear more of that album, you're, you're tuning in today. So again, thanks so much for all the folks who are listening out there. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're here at Mutiny Radio. I'll do a plug for the station while we're here. It's a more or less collectively run station. It's been around for a while. It used to be called Pirate Cat. If folks, there are, there are shows here every day of the week. I highly recommend folks check them out. Just a lot of different shows here. There's talk, there's music, there's comedy. There, kids have a show here. There's a lot of different events that are here as well. The station's available to be rented out for shows. We're also going to have a starting in late August. I think the last week of August, the last Saturday of August, we're going to have a weekly poetry show from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. here at the station. So I want to put the word out about that, working with E.K. Keith on putting that together, as well as Global Val. The Common Thread Collective, which is originally on Fridays, is going to be moving to the second and the fourth Saturday night as well. So uh, lots of chances for folks to come through. If you want to listen, you can come here in person. You can read if you'd like. Lots of options for people, no matter what you're into. Also, if you're interested in having a show here of your own, that's also a possibility. Uh, pay monthly dues, and you can get a show. Two hours a week to do what you'd like. So that's a pretty great opportunity. And we also have the show, the space available for rentals. Uh, if you want to do like rent for two hours at a time, that's also possible. So for more information, go to mutinyradio.fm. And uh, you can email Pam, who's the station director. Pretty cool. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm already, oh, just, there's just so much. There's also a lot of positive things that are happening. A couple news stories, I, depending on what the timing, of course, I don't, there is, there is only, I feel like there's, so much happening in the world at the same time. And then there's like a sliver of that is what we actually, what is actually uh, recorded or reported on, or do we then only a portion, like a small part of that we actually hear about. So of course, this is just like a, a drop in the bucket in terms of what's happening and wanting to share information that folks might not hear, especially through mainstream media or corporate media. And a lot of those stories, of course, are slanted in the way that is very much in the line of victim blaming, uh, defending corporations, defending capital, defending war, defending people in positions of power. And a lot of the narratives that I know I grew up with and that are still around are very much against people, against working people. And uh, just in a lot of the narratives that we hear about are really enforcing white supremacy, enforcing the patriarchy. And so it's important for independent voices to be out there to to challenge that. So uh, one one story I did see this week was that there are folks in Nashville, Tennessee, who defended, there's like uh, 10 folks, um, neighbors who defended their, defended their neighbors from being arrested from ICE. And ICE is Gestapo, they're Nazis. It's not even up for discussion at this point when they are arresting, harassing, killing people. Folks have died in their custody. They're causing harm. Cruelty is the point of their actions. There are a number of stories about what's like the, the their actions, that text that they send when they think no one's there, just the, the conditions that folks are living in. And it, to have to keep on talking about this is just ridiculous because many of us don't believe borders even exist. And it, the idea that folks who are 
escaping violence and looking to protect themselves. They should be met with warmth and love and safety. And instead they're met with cruelty and people are separated from their families. It's fucking disgusting. And of course we know that a lot of the folks are coming from countries that were destabilized by the United States. So it's just, Oh, feels, I feel really good. (laughs) I've spent most of my life here in this country and it feels really gross, honestly, to be, to know that, um, to feel complicit in some way, even though I've been anti-war and against the actions of the government and the military, and many of us are and have been, and to still feel like, it, and it's still happening, and what, and it seems like the me- the best thing that can be done is direct action. So for the folks who have been protesting against ICE and have been preventing folks from being arrested, people who take direct direct action against these agencies and the people willing to work for these agencies. And I guess I wasn't planning on ranting, but here we go. So I was thinking about how there's a lot of victim blaming and the idea that there's, you know, folks who use benefits and I think there's nothing wrong. Everyone should have, in an ideal world, everyone has their basic needs met. People have housing, healthcare, food. I don't know why that's controversial. However, there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of victim blaming. And then there's also that, uh, I'm going to calm myself down a moment. There's that idea that somehow folks who quote unquote don't work somehow shouldn't have access to, I guess, getting their needs met or something. And I was thinking, even even if that's the case, even if someone doesn't work, and we're talking about like able-bodied adults, I'd rather have someone not work than someone who works for ICE, or, the, or someone who's a cop, or someone who works for a weapons manufacturer. Uh, simply by working doesn't necessarily mean you're actually helping the world. And in a lot of cases, there are a lot of jobs out there which cause harm. Think about like a lot of abusive prison guards. I'd much rather someone not be doing anything than doing something oppressive. So I really wish that whole argument could be... Uh, just go away. And that's, I guess, the issue with capital, too, is that folks need money to survive for the moment. And um, how, what kind of world it would be if we maybe paid folks to go to school and paid artists and paid a living wage and increased wages for domestic workers. All these things that are so doable and so reasonable. And so many folks I know are in debt. So many folks I know are struggling. So many folks I know work their asses off. And so many folks I know we can't afford uh, to have to buy a house, uh, can't afford to get an education. It's just, it's so fucking ridiculous and frustrating. And everything has moved so far to the right that even folks who support like a democratic socialist are seen as like far left. And even though they're just, it's really, in my opinion, just spouting the facts and just talking about everyone being taken care of, which would make a better world for everyone. It's it's mind-boggling, and it's just ridiculous how much gaslighting there is in terms of folks who really just are advocating for folks to have their needs met. I don't see what's controversial about it, yet folks really uh, just argue for cruelty, and they argue for imprisonment, they argue for uh, people being criminalized, for being poor, and it's just it's so disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. So... I've said that, and that's, I'm sure, a small fraction of the reason I'm depressed is just recognizing this is the world we're living in. But I also do want to uplift uh, so many, there's so much, many people and so many organizations and folks who have been combating that for, for generations. So I want to note that too. And it's not, all this isn't sudden. It didn't just start in 2016 and recognize so many folks who have been spending their entire lives combating the, the world that we're living in and combating colonialism, gentrification, etc. Oh, so it feels good to to get that out. Oh.
we will have a, a call coming in around 12:30 so looking forward to that i the more voices the better by all means so really uh, i'm really looking forward to that and yes wanted to get to that i did want to okay oh i sometimes i prepare, if you've listened to the show more than a couple times i almost always say oh i prepared a lot last night and i very rarely say that because i really don't um sometimes i i I do a lot mentally. Sometimes I make lists. Sometimes I make a list online of music and um, stories I want to get to, some audio clips. Audio clips are great. And it's okay. Um, And, oh, occasionally I have a few things up that are really long that I want to get to, and I also run out of time. And I also want to, of course, give everything it's it's due, and I just want to value you know, value all the work that goes out there. And so I have a list of things to, to, um, it's a list, it's emergency release fund. It's to keep trans people safe and out of jail starting now. And it's a list of ways that folks can participate. It's, it's a few pages though. And I really want to give it the, the time. So I'm going to, uh, read it in length after, after the call a little bit later so I can get to everything and not get cut off and if folks want to check it out now and or while you're listening, please go to, if you follow me on Twitter, I don't really care, whatever, uh, but I have shared it there. So you, if you go to Twitter, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, I shared it earlier today. If you go down, it's by uh, Chase Strangio, and you can read that link as to ways that folks can show up and... um just show up. There's lots of ways to show up. And that's something I go over a lot and something I've learned in the last few years. And really just no matter what your resources are, what your capabilities are, there's ways for folks to show up. If you happen to have capital, I know a lot of folks don't, but if you happen to do, you can donate to orgs. If you happen to have time, you can volunteer. If you happen to know folks, you can start conversations. You can share information. If you have resources, if you have housing, you can share food, you can share. There's so many different ways to, to show up. And that's been something that's been really inspiring it's a good reminder of that that i need to speak out loud to to remind myself in a way that regardless of what's happening there are ways that folks can show up for one another and there are ways i can show up so i want to remind myself that there are times i feel super down like i can't do much and um a reminder that there are ways to to come through and hopefully by listening to the show i i hope to at least provide one thing uh, that folks can learn. It's also just about education, educating myself. There's a lot to unlearn also growing up in this country. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So I feel just as it is important to learn new, new information and talk to new folks and hear and listen, just doing a lot of listening, I also appreciate the the just the learning and how to, to shape my worldview and to take that information on when I'm speaking with others. All right. So... That leaves us about seven minutes until the break. Um, I'll do a couple of short things here. I do want to promote an upcoming uh, dance performance uh, by Lenora Lee Dance. Lenora Lee was on the show a few months ago, along with a couple of dancers that she was with, and just did a really incredible performance on Angel Island uh, that took place at the the camp that had been set up there, an immigration camp. Oh, it was, it was so powerful and beautiful. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, and 
Uh, there's a new performance that's coming up in November, so I wanted to share that with folks. It's called In the Skin of Her Hands. It's performances inspired by cancer survivors at Dance Mission Theater. It's by Lenora Lee Dance. It's November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of this year. For more information, check out LenoraLeeDance.com, and that's L-E-N-O-R-A-L-E-E-D-A-N-C-E.com. You can find much more information there. <sighs> All right. So... I think I will play a bit of music here. And here's some relaxing music that was suggested to me. I can't imagine why. I'm totally calm all the time. That's a, that's a joke. You can't see my facial expression because there's not a camera on me at the moment. One day, perhaps I will. They'll just, I mean, there's not much to add to that. I think the the show in terms of the audio, or I'm sorry, excuse me, in terms of the video image, besides me sighing a lot, but occasionally I do read a story that makes me so fucking angry and I have to, I want to like look at a camera and be like, wow, this shit's actually happening. Wow. So this is a, this is an official, like a longer version of a song that was recommended to me, my friend Billy, who is an acupuncturist and suggested that this is uh, really good relaxing music. So I feel like that's great. And it's called, it's called weightless and it's by Marconi union. There's the original song, I think it's about eight minutes. I found a version that's 10 hours. Clearly, we're not going to be playing it for the rest of the show. However, we'll have it on, and I can go in back and forth to it for music breaks. So we'll be back uh, with a phone call in a little bit, so stay tuned.
and welcome back to the weekly review. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for calling in. Of course, happy to be on. Yeah, so please feel free to introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure, thanks so much, Roman. Uh, my name is Zahra Bilu. I am a civil rights attorney, um, an avid cookie and ice cream eater, <laughs> and the executive director of the San Francisco Bay Area Office of Care, the Council on American Islamic Relations. We're the nation's largest Muslim civil rights organization, and actually um, the organization started in D.C., and we were their first chapter office right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, wow. That's excellent. So do you mind talking a little bit about getting the, when the organization started? Sure. Um, I mean, I was a little kid. So I wasn't here for that. <laughs> right, right. But the story that I'm told is that, you know, in the 1990s, um, immigrant Muslims, first and second generation, were, you know, trying to find their footing and trying to find their power. And some of the key moments for the Muslim community in the 1990s were, of course, the World Trade Center bombing, the first one, mm. right? And mm. how the media covered that as well as how law enforcement targeted Muslims mm-hmm. following that. Um, another pivotal moment was the Oklahoma City bombing, yes. uh, which was not committed by anyone identifying as a Muslim. It was right. committed by a white man. But, yeah. of course, um, media pundits immediately took to accusing Muslims of of doing that and being part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those that raised questions for us, for our yes. community about like, what do we do? Where's our voice? What, how do we mobilize power? And so out of that, a number of individuals stepped forward and, um, you know, said, we want to start an organization. And they looked at groups like the ACLU and the NAACP and MALDEF as examples of mm-hmm. places where Americans from different walks of life were coming together to say, we're going to stand up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, in the it's now been nearly 25 years and um, since CARE first opened. And in that time, we've grown so much. We went from just one office in D.C. and uh, one office in Santa Clara to 25 offices across the country. Wow. We didn't have a single attorney on our staff when we started. Today, there are dozens of attorneys. Um and, you know, I think, we, I think that our founders thought that things were really bad in the 1990s, mm. but they are so much worse now that it's yes. Uh, appalling. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've, that is a sentiment I hear a lot these days. Mm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I sigh a lot when I think about what's, what's happening and also just the history of this country. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I saw on the the page that there are a couple of events that um, the organization has coming up, like uh, filming, like uh, a uh, film... Uh, film events, yeah. and so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. So the, you know, the way we think of our work is that we, well, so we have a number of events coming up: uh, movie screenings, know your rights workshops, mm-hmm. and others. And they fit into our strategy around both like protecting people when their rights are violated, right? So we have a team of lawyers that responds to calls on a daily basis from people who are being visited by the FBI or harassed at the airport or experiencing other rights violations. But we know that if all we do is put a Band-Aid on the problem, every time something happens or something comes up, then we're not really building power. Yes. And so instead, um, or in addition to responding to crisis when it occurs, we also do things like community education, political education, mm-hmm. inside and outside the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. So our movie nights are one way that we do this. Um, we have a, a great office space here in Santa Clara. and. So once a month, we show a movie on social justice issues. Last night, we showed one on what's happening in Palestine and Mm. the catastrophe that Palestinians sort of have experienced and are living through with um, the ongoing um, Israeli occupation. 
right? And we had a conversation about that. Uh, next week, we'll actually host uh, screenings of the presidential debates. Mm. at our office because we want to make sure that people who are in our community or connected to our community are aware of all that is going on in their name. Yes. Um, and then we also do a lot of Know Your Rights workshops, right? So that was to the point about, like, people will only call us if they know that their rights are being violated. Yeah. Right? Our Bill of Rights is only so strong. Um, as, is only as strong as people's willingness to assert their rights or their familiarity with their rights. And mm-hmm. so... What we do is we go to different mosques across the region mm-hmm. and we present Know Your Rights information. Like, what do you do if the FBI comes to your house? Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Where do you find a lawyer? And then we also host citizenship clinics because mm. as more and more anti-immigrant policies are being pushed down by the Trump administration, we really need people to, to naturalize if they are eligible. That is honestly the safest status to have in this country at this moment. I see. Can you speak, I don't know too much about that, can you speak more about the naturalization process? Yeah, so, you know, people who are, one, I should clarify, I am not an immigration attorney, we have immigration attorneys on our staff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you've come to the United States and um, applied to stay here as an immigrant, right, so as as opposed to a non-immigrant who Mm -hmm. comes here on a visitor visa or on a student visa, something of that sort, you apply to stay here, uh, you know, the first part of the process is to apply for your green card or legal permanent resident status. So we find that a lot of people um, let themselves stay um, at that status, even though after a number of years and with meeting certain criteria, they qualify to naturalize and become U.S. citizens. Mm. And so our support for people is in helping them adjust their status to become U.S. citizens so that they can't, um, so they can't, um, so that they can't be deported, so that they have the right to vote, so mm-hmm. that they are here with full, full and complete protection. Wow, that sounds very, very helpful to provide that information. Yeah, and you know, again, like if they don't have they don't have that protection like we know that the trump administration is coming for them yeah right that's the really scary thing yeah i yeah i I mean i'm full of a lot of despair and frustration and anger as i know many like millions of people are so i feel really you know grateful for organizations such as uh care that that does do this work to to help out folks yeah um I mean, we live in such, it's hard because I keep saying that we live in such challenging times, but the reality is that much of what the Trump administration is doing didn't, didn't come out of thin air. Right. 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 Like it existed prior and, um, and he's uncovering it. Yes. He's making full use of it. Yes. And that's, you know, that's part of what we want to be cautious of, even if we, are, even if our country elects a different president in mm-hmm. 2020, mm-hmm. that that president may just inherit and replicate uh, right. Trump's actions. Right, right. I think that's what's what's part of what's been frustrating too is recognizing that it goes way beyond voting and beyond who's in position of power. It's the the systems that are already in place. <sighs> so we have our work cut out for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I apologize for the, the moments of silence. I'm just kind of taking it all no, in and, and thinking about... a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
was curious as to how folks could support the organization. Are there ways that people can volunteer, for instance? Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can visit our national website, which is just CAIR.com, or look up the Care San Francisco Bay Area. We're on Facebook. We have our own website. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, they can volunteer in the office. They can volunteer uh, to help people at a citizenship clinic. We also, something else that I haven't mentioned that we do a lot of is our bystander intervention mm. training. So after Trump was elected to office, uh, of course, we saw a spike in hate crimes across the country. Mm-hmm. And um, people started to ask, like, what is the safest way to intervene? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people want to help, but if they do it wrong, then that can actually cause more harm. And right. so we train people across the region on how to safely intervene in a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um how to safely intervene to stop a hate crime. Mm-hmm. And so people can, one, host one of those trainings at their congregation, at their organization, at their workplace, um, mm-hmm. on their campus. We are happy to send trainers out to help build a community of um, empowered uh, upstanders, as, as we might call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can also become trainers on, on those issues and online content by, by looking us up online and messaging us. We're always looking for more and more help of that kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, they can contribute financially. right? Yes. Like I, I used to be really shy about saying this, but for us to be able to provide legal services to people who are facing discrimination, one of our key sort of principles is that we don't charge them. We don't, we don't want them to have to worry right. about how they are going to pay for a lawyer when they're in the middle of a crisis. And the way we're able to do that is because of people's contributions. So people can also just donate to the organization. They might say, I have time but no money, in which case you know, they might want to volunteer. Or I have money but no time, in right. which case maybe they want to donate. Mm-hmm. And I was curious in terms of how the other, um, you mentioned that the there's the branch in Santa Clara, and I was curious about branches in other parts of the country, how those came to be. And mm-hmm. I was curious about, because I, I recognize that different regions, um, I'm sure, face similar obstacles, but then also different, I think, based on, based on where in the country it is. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um... So our chapters are all locally funded, locally managed, um, you know, sort of locally driven. The idea is that if the community wants and needs a care chapter, mm-hmm. then they should build one, right? And that's, for us, so much better than having, you know, me parachute in from Santa Clara or sure. someone else parachute in from Washington, D.C., out to, like, Austin, Texas, and say, we mm-hmm. know what you need. Mm-hmm. No, the community on the ground who is impacted by the local circumstances is best equipped to ascertain what they need. And so what we do in that case is if a, if a community comes to us and says, look, we want to build a care chapter, we will support them. Now, every community has different circumstances. Like I'm always you know, saying that in some ways it might be easier to be an executive director in Florida where people have more disposable income and so you can raise mm. more money. Mm. Um, however, it's also the case that anti-Muslim sentiment is really, really high in Florida, right? Yeah. That is um, that is a state that is really conservative, has supported Republican presidents, and, you know, has really been the source of a number of sort of right-wing phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so the work that they have to do in Florida is very different than the work that we have to do in Silicon Valley. Yes. At the same time... The challenge for us in Silicon Valley or in the San Francisco Bay Area is that we have lots and lots of individuals who, uh, individuals and elected to claim to be progressive, but it doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist here. Yep. Right? So how do you combat racism and xenophobia, which is less apparent? Yes. Um, and 
at the same time, how do you push progressive electeds, progressive organizations and policymakers to um, to actually be progressive, right? right. to take action? Uh, an example that comes to mind for me is AB 392, which is the legislation that recently passed out of the California Senate, which um, would increase the standards that a police officer must meet before, you know, before they can take violent and fatal action. Mm -hmm. And that bill did not make it through the legislature last year. It made it through the legislature in the second year with several concessions, right? And so even though we are in a progressive part of the country, there are things that are really hard here nonetheless. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I think that's something, too, where this folks have this the Bay Area has a reputation of being progressive. And then for folks who, you know, live right. here and recognizing the wealth disparity and the, I'd say, neoliberal, a lot of neoliberal politicians who are here yep. too, who end up causing a lot of harm. It's sometimes I have difficulty conveying that to folks who live in other parts of the country. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and the opportunity there, yes. right? The opportunity there is that there are still things that are plausible here that are not plausible elsewhere. Right, right. Um, and what we accomplish here can oftentimes be replicated elsewhere. Yeah. Inspire change elsewhere. Yeah. I was curious if you had any input in terms of how best to reach some of these uh, said politicians who might say that they are for the people and their actions or their votes or behavior doesn't quite reflect that. Um, are there any any things you've learned in terms of how to to work with folks like that? Yeah, um, you know, so I think it's really important that um, it's really important that people know who their specific elected officials are, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, is Ro Khanna your member of Congress? He's been really great on challenging the war in Yemen, but this week voted to support legislation that would target the free speech rights ADS. of pro-Palestinian activists. Yeah. Yes. When was the last time he heard from you? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, when was the last time uh, someone went to a town hall with Eric Swalwell or Anna Eshoo? Mm -hmm. And not even just members of Congress, but also like city council, mm -hmm. mayors, etc. Mm -hmm. um, people, people should determine who their elected officials are, right? Yes. And then figure out what is some regular specific type of engagement. Now, that, that could just mean that I um, that I go to, like, one public event that they host every month, mm -hmm. right? Or that I, you know, read, I sign up for their newsletter and I reply mm -hmm. to their newsletter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's important that they're hearing from us. Yes. And there isn't, well, I would say that the best ways are going in person, yes. right? Um, and then uh, phone calls. Mm -hmm. Those are the two best ways. However, you know, in an era of technology, tweeting at your elected official, uh, signing a petition, replying to a newsletter, all of those things are still far, far better than nothing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, mentioning uh, Ro Khanna's, uh The Vote, because that was something I felt was, I definitely have a lot of uh, skepticism with elected officials. And then also it's when there's people like like Roe who I feel are I agree with a lot of the time it does feel disappointing when they miss out opportunities to to vote right. the right way right um you know and and the thing is like no elected official is going to be 110 percent what we want right um, a right. friend of mine jokes that like I'm not trying to date this person I'm just <laughs> trying to have them you know represent my community yeah. in, in office and so the thing that I um am you know 
intentional about here is that we don't write people off because of one bad vote. Yes, yes. We engage them. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a number of good votes preceding a bad vote for me gives me um, hope that something is possible, right? Yes. That we can move this person. Yeah. Yeah, that is something good to remember. I find it's, I uh, definitely do get, I guess that's another question I have is that I know for a lot of uh, folks like the being overwhelmed or burning out is a very real real thing and I was curious as to right. um, what you feel like you what's helpful for you and for folks you know to kind of counter that that's a good question um, I think having having good friends yes is yeah. key um, I tell people I go I go to therapy on a regular basis mm -hmm. that is really important for me to ground myself and you know, sort of organize all of the thoughts in, in my head. Um, yeah. Uh, being aware of being aware of how I'm doing mm -hmm. and then scaling back as, as I need to from time to time is yes. also really important. So there's like a lot of like different um, things of that sort that people can do. Um, it's a difficult time. And the reality is we are in a marathon, not a sprint, right? So therapy, mm -hmm. the right friends, uh, self-awareness, Mm -hmm. um, self-care in whatever way that means for a person right so ice cream um, vacations massages time at the gym time running um, can all be things that that protect us yes from from burning out yeah yeah definitely I'm a big fan of therapy myself it feels it can feel very validating to right. I think just even to be able to speak about what's happening Right, exactly. Right, and in a confidential, non-judgmental space. Yes. Um, yes. Is is so key. Yes. Yeah, I think something that I I worry about too is that um, certainly on on the on the left, I would say there's just a lot of. It's it can be difficult for I think folks to not take out trauma on one another, and I think that's something that I think right. is repeated in a lot of communities that have experienced trauma a bit. So having a, a space to really, to speak one's truth and to be met with right. uh, acceptance can be very helpful. Right. I mean, what is it? Some, someone was telling me the other day, like hurt people hurt people. Yes. And yes. so, um, you know, being thoughtful of that as we, as we sort of go into more and more difficult times is, is going to be key. Definitely. Okay. Um, so we can, um, we can wrap up now, um, unless there's more to, I've just been feeling a little bit, to be honest, I'm just feeling a little bit low energy today. So mm, also no just worries. wanted to, yeah, that's yeah, okay. yeah there, um, um, we've got plenty of time. And we were thorough. We covered so much. Yeah. So, but I also wanted to offer you the opportunity if there's more, um, any other upcoming events or anything else, um, from your experiences and other anecdotes that you'd like to share? You know, I, I think that the most important thing for me to, to be making sure that people are hearing is that this next election matters so much right now. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to mobilize our communities. Like yes. We cannot uh, afford to sit on the sidelines for this one. Right. How right. we do and what we do will not just determine the next four years. It will likely determine the next 10 or 20, wow. particularly because this president is putting into place policies that are impacting us, yes. our children, and potentially their children. He's appointing judges who will outlive his presidency. And right. so if your listeners, you know, are 
going to do one thing mm -hmm. in the next month. It needs to be to pick a candidate and, and start to rally rally supporters and the people to engage. Mm -hmm. Well said. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Of course. And thank you so much for, for your work and for the opportunity. Yes. Yes. Thank you for, for your work. And um, yeah. So thanks so much for calling in and yeah, I hope to, to see you again soon. Sounds good. Have a good rest All of right. your day. Thanks. You too. Bye. All right. Big thanks to Zara for calling in. Um, yeah. I'm going to go back. We'll play some uh, music. I'm going back to the chill music. And um, if you go to the Facebook page, we're going to post some links from CARE so folks can also follow. Depending on where you are in the country, you can find a, a local chapter to support. And if you are in a in a place that there were, there, where there is none that's nearby, um, start one. So yeah, I'm going to play some music. I'm going to get myself all sorted and we'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned.
and welcome back to the weekly review. Thanks for tuning in. I am super low energy today, so oh, thanks for for tuning in. Sometimes a little. I had coffee this morning. I meditated, and I uh, walked the dog. And also, I am whew, just feeling. Oh, I'm gonna go with it. I'm not gonna. Ugh, not gonna question it. It's okay. It's all right. So again, thanks to Zara for calling in, and for more for more information about care. Um, if you go to CAIR.com, you can find a lot of resources there, how to get involved, how to take action, um, ways to donate. Um, you can report an incident. There's also action alerts as well, as well as videos. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful to speak with a representative of that organization. Um, so yeah, thanks again, Zara, for calling in. Yes. Ah, uh, Okay. Ah, oh, there goes the microphone. I think also the music uh, choice lately has been very. Uh, yeah, that's also probably. I'm probably a little bit more agitated when I pay, play uh, punk rock. I also have some stories coming up. Yeah, just really low, low energy today. It's, I'm going to go with it. It's okay. I did mention when we started out the episode that there was. Um, a call to prevent trans folks from being arrested. So I wanted to share that with people. So again, I've shared it on Twitter. If you go to at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, you can find it that way. There's a, let's see, I'm going to see if I can share We do have a Facebook page up for the time being, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, to say uh, weekly review on Mutiny Radio. I, we share articles up there as well. And I'm unable to share the link there at the moment. However, you find it on Twitter, you can find it there. So, because the, this, oh man, I am, oof. Just bear with me here. Okay, so this is the Emergency Release Fund. Uh, Keep trans people safe and out of jail starting now. Trans people, particularly those of color, face dramatically elevated risk of harm or death in pretrial detention. Because of systemic discrimination and criminalization, trans women of color are more likely to have a history of involvement with police and fewer community connections, which the state considers legitimate. This makes them less eligible for pretrial release. They are more likely to be assaulted in jail and less likely to get out, a lethal combination. The Emergency Release Fund is a short-term response to ensure that no trans person arrested on a misdemeanor remains in jail before trial. If cash bail is set for a trans person in New York City with a misdemeanor and no bars to release are in place, bail will be paid by the Emergency Release Fund. Trans persons experience constant injustice behind bars. It can be fatal. The New York State bail reform law passed in April will eliminate most cash bail as of January 1st, 2020. Between now and then, it's on us to make sure no one, not one person, falls through the cracks. We can and we will. To do this, we need your help. We are looking for a few dedicated people who have the capacity and desire to make a night and day difference over the next few months. We are seeking a paid release coordinator, volunteer bail posters, and members of our outreach and referral teams. Trans persons run up against the criminal legal system every day, so we're starting today. Please join us using the links below. And this is how I was uh, uh, directing folks to check out online, so you can click on the links. 
So uh, for folks who would like to contribute to the bail fund, uh, they say, we estimate a $20,000 fund is required to keep trans persons out of jail until the new law takes effect. 100% of your contribution is used to post bail for trans persons at risk of injury and death. And let me see if I click on the link here. It's another Google Doc page. So again, it's included. Uh, the link is included, and it's a bit the 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 title of the page is a bit long to read out loud. So it's lots of various letters and numbers. So again, if you go to Twitter at r o m a n r i m e r, I have posted this a while, like a little bit down, and I will do my best to share this on Facebook as well. You can also uh, volunteer as a bail poster. A bail poster goes to New York City, oh, goes to a New York City bail payment office with money provided by the fund and posts bail to secure the detainee's release. This process can take several hours and requires engagement with New York City Department of Corrections personnel. It can occur at any time of the day or night. Bail posters sign up for one more, uh, for one or more uh, 12-hour on-call shifts per week. The requirement is that the person possesses a government-issued ID, is comfortable entering law enforcement, court, and corrections facilities, has the ability to tolerate extremely customer-unfriendly environments, is able to commit to weekly 12-hour on-call shift, can demonstrate fiscal responsibility and be entrusted with bail funds, can attend a two-hour training in Manhattan the morning of Sunday, August 4th. And they have a link to apply to be a bail poster. Next. Uh, if someone would like to be a part of the referral team, the referral team is a small group of three to four people who work together to ensure awareness of the program and the trans and legal community. The referral team identifies organizations to be contacted, drafts emails, and creates a schedule for ongoing contact. They make sure this option remains top of mind for those who come in contact with trans defendants. The requirements are familiarity with New York City legal infrastructure, ideally having worked in an institution providing legal services to low-income New Yorkers, excited about ensuring that everyone in every corner of every borough who might know a trans person in pretrial detention knows about this, ability to personally or virtually attend two working sessions during the week of July 28th to create a six-month outreach plan. And you can click to join the referral team. Uh, another option is for folks to become part of the outreach team. The outreach team plans and executes a six-month social media outreach and advocacy campaign to raise awareness among and raise funds from the public at large. This is an issue many people will find to be a no-brainer. We just need them to tell them about it. Requirements, demonstrated experience with social media advocacy campaigns, experience working with press or media, contagious enthusiasm for the cause of keeping trans people safe, boundless energy for online outreach that you can commit to keeping up for the next six months, ability to personally or virtually attend two working sessions during the week of July 28th to create a six-month outreach plan. They also have a position available that's the only paid position, which is a release coordinator. The release coordinator is the only paid position on the project. The coordinator receives a monthly stipend and is responsible for the logistics of paying bail, including receiving bail requests, assigning volunteers, and ensuring their access to funds, monitoring returned bail, and making sure systems are functioning properly. The requirements are bilingual in English and Spanish, possess a government-issued ID, comfortable entering law enforcement, court, and corrections facilities, is calm in a crisis, good troubleshooting skills, well-organized and detail-oriented, ability to manage volunteers, familiar with the trans community, 
ability to respond quickly at all times and able to start immediately. So they provide a link for that as well. And as I read this, I'm going to do my best to share this now on the Facebook page to get this out there to more people. And as well as my personal page here. Let's see. We'll see how this comes out here. Okay, this looks good. So again, if you would like to go check this out, no matter what time you're listening to this show, if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, and I have shared this. Oops. Oh, man. Okay, this is what happens when you when I try to multitask. I end up sharing it on the on the wrong page. <laughs> yep. That's that's what happens. So if you give me just a couple moments, I will share it on the correct page. Thanks again so much for listening. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. This is probably, <sighs> well, it's okay. It's all right to be low energy. I don't know why I'm hard on myself about this today. It, it just is it's the way things are. Okay. So again, now this is up. If you all the information I just read, not all of it, but the last two minutes of information you can find now online. If you're interested and or know folks in New York who are able to help in some way or no matter where you live and you're able to donate, that's another great way to show up. Uh, please share it with your networks. There we go. Got that done. Okay, great. Oh, oh, okay. So we also have some news stories I wanted to share with folks. There's a lot of news stories. We only get to so many. A uh, big thing is climate change. We're all going to die. Great. I mean, that's going to happen regardless. However, um, with the climate, it's it's bad news. Also, speaking of which, I want to recommend the film uh, First Reformed. It's available on Canopy, and Canopy is a site where if you have a library card, you can check out some movies and audiobooks for free. It's uh, Canopy with a K. So I usually, I really despise things that should be spelled with a C. They're spelled with a K instead. It really rubs me the wrong way. However, this is a good site. It's uh, K-A-N-O-P-Y. I think it's a .com or .org. You can find it. Uh, First Reformed is a really good movie. So I recommend folks check that out. I've got some, I've got some things about it, but we can talk about it in person if you know me. Okay. Next um, there's an article from truthout.org by Medea Benjamin and Aziza Kanji uh, from Truthout. It's published on July 18th. Oh, yeah. So it's talking about climate change and how, yikes. And the biggest polluter of the climate is the U.S. military. So I really, um, putting out there, I think there's a lot of ways that folks, we have similar uh, enemies, and there's a lot of ways that folks can connect to uh yeah to connect to combat these enemies oh i'm wow and one of these these things is climate change and everyone hates climate well not everyone i should be more specific a lot of folks were worried about climate change we want to change things and a lot of it is put on the individual like oh everyone needs to compost which i think is a good thing and everyone needs to recycle and yes that's a good thing however it's the big corporations and it's the military that's actually causing the most harm so you know it's individual individual things can make a difference however if we're looking at systemic what's caused the most harm for the climate it has been uh capitalism it has been military and everything under that umbrella so i'm gonna read an article here don't 
quote unquote make war on climate change and again this was an op-ed that was written on truthout.org which has a lot of really good articles oh there's so much more to get to okay i will get to it talk of the next world war is in the air in this iteration however those sounding the battle horns aren't pushing for a clash between the planet civilizations but a campaign to save the planet itself we need to literally declare war on climate change environmentalist bill mckibben the founder of 350.org has urged this is our world war ii declared the wildly popular representative alexandria ocasio-cortez World War II is frequently cited as an inspiration for the scale of concerted effort required to avert catastrophic, excuse me, avert atmospheric Armageddon. Writing in The Guardian on June 4th, for example, economist Joseph Stiglitz proclaimed, the climate emergency is our third world war. Our lives and civilization as we know it are at stake, just as they were in the second world war. Further, McKibben has also exhorted, fighting this war would be socially transformative, just as World War II sped up the push for racial just, racial and just, excuse me, racial and gender equality. Such representations of World War II dangerously sanitize and idealize an exercise of staggering violence that left deep lasting scars of human and environmental devastation in its wake. Nuclear annihilation was rained down on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Entire cities, including Dresden and Tokyo, were destroyed by indiscriminate firebombing. For the first time in history, the civilian death toll outnumbered combatant casualties. While fighting the good war against Germany's racist ideology was heroic indeed, it's also true that Allied forces themselves perpetuated racism. The U.S. and Canada turned back boats of Jewish refugees fleeing the Nazi government and interned more than 100,000 citizens of Japanese descent in camps, setting a precedent for racist policymaking that continues to haunt the present. Indigenous nations were dispossessed of one million acres of their territory, including for the purpose of Japanese internment. Black American soldiers were confined to segregated regiments and denied veterans benefits. Several who survived the war returned home only to be lynched by white mobs. What Stiglitz described as a fight for civilization as we know it, and that's in quotation marks, was premised on the colonial divide between quote-unquote civilized Europeans and the non-Europeans they ruthlessly dominated and exploited. The uranium for the U.S.'s nuclear bomb, for example, was obtained using forced African labor from mines in the Congo, where Belgian colonizers enforced their rule by notoriously vicious means. World War II also spurred the U.S. military to construct hundreds of overseas bases, most of which still remain 60 years later. Built on land expropriated from local residents, these bases pollute the soil, deforest the land, and contaminate the drinking water, such as the Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa. Islands belonging to the United States but inhabited by people of color, such as the Marshall Islands and the Bikini Atoll, became the testing grounds for nuclear weapons, and their inhabitants still experience ex exceedingly high rates of cancer. The Cold War that followed World War II also led to the U.S. and the Soviet Union sinking enormous resources into a nuclear arms race, and other countries, including China, the U.K., and France, developing their own nuclear weapons. World War II liberated Europe. But back in the U.S., it prompted Congress to pass a series of laws suppressing dissent, all of which remained on the books long after the war was over. National security agencies took advantage of the opportunity to extend their tentacles of surveillance, including by warrantless wiretapping, excuse me, including by warrantless wiretapping. Some 6,000 conscientious objectors were imprisoned, comprising a full one-sixth of the federally incarcerated population at the time. Even the fabled wartime emancipation of women is only a partial is only a partial truth. 
While white women constituted 40% of all aircraft industry workers, for instance, black women and men combined never amounted to more than 6%, and many workplaces prohibited black employees from even using the same bathrooms as their white co-workers. Meanwhile, the biggest economic beneficiaries of the war were a select group of corporate interests. According to the, a Senate report on economic concentration in World War II, 40% of the $1 billion invested by the government in scientific research went to just 10 large corporations. Oh. The persistent refrain that we need to wage war on climate change obscures how some of the worst state responses to climate disruption already look like war. Militaries have been conducting war games to train for climate disasters. Soldiers and private military contractors are being deployed to manage the aftermath of natural disasters intensified by global warming. This has frequently involved brutality against the very people they purport to be protecting, as in 2005 when Black New Orleans, Black New Orleans, New Orleans, excuse me, Black New Orleanians left destitute by Hurricane Katrina were fired on by troops fresh from the killing fields of Iraq. <sighs> Governments around the world are expanding their state of emergency laws to encompass climate-related upheavals, perversely facilitating the repression of environmental activists who have been branded as eco-terrorists and subjected to counterinsurgency operations. In France, for example, the government applied emergency powers to face, excuse me, to place dozens of activists under house arrest in advance of their of the international climate summit in 2015. In Germany, protesters resisting the raising of ancient Hambach, Hambach Forest for a lignite coal mining project have been met with one of the largest policing operations in the country since World War II. Migrants fleeing situations of extreme violence and hardship exacerbated by climate change from Central America to the Middle East are being locked in cages, stranded in camps, or left to die in the sea by the thousands, while the same arms dealers fueling conflicts in these regions are now also profiting handsomely from securing the borders against them. Also making a killing are the corporations devising techno-fixes for environmental problems they are in large part responsible for creating, and the investors buying up increasingly scarce resources of land, forests, water, and food, while the indigenous and peasant communities being dispossessed continue to pay the price. As the UN Special Rapporteur on Extreme Poverty warned in a report released on June 25th, our world is descending into a climate apartheid scenario in which the wealthy paid to escape overheating, hunger, and conflict while the rest of the world is left to suffer. Just in previous wars declared in the name of the, social, of the social good, such as the war on drugs, the primary casualties are those already most vulnerable and disenfranchised. But rather than breaking this vicious cycle, many of the proposed solutions spiral deeper into it instead. Some have suggested that the future U.S. president could declare a national emergency on climate change, a move that would allow the president to unilaterally invoke up to 136 extraordinary statutory powers that could be disastrous for our democracy. In the words of New York University's Brennan Center for Justice, others have put their hopes into a greater role for the U.N. Security Council, which would further concentrate decision-making away from the former colonies that have contributed the least to the causes of climate disaster, but bear the overwhelming brunt of its effects. As, no, as, excuse me, as novelist and activist Arundhati Roy predicted in her recent Arthur Miller Freedom to Write lecture for Penn, 
Once again, the global north, the creators of the problem, will see, it, will see to it that they profit from the solution that they propose, a solution whose genius will, no doubt, lie deep in the heart of the market and involve more selling and buying, more consuming, and more profiteering by fewer and fewer people. War and preparations for war are not only environmentally catastrophic enterprises in their own right. The U.S. military is the largest single consumer of fossil fuels on Earth, but they also represent the ap apothesis, apothesis, excuse me, apothesis of the predatory, exploitative, anti-democratic logic that has brought the world to the brink of existential ecological crisis. Far from needing to be more war, excuse me, far from, ugh, far from needing to be more like war, our responses to climate change need to be the exact opposite of war. They should be less like the elite political and corporate structures profiting from militarism and more like the grassroots social movements struggling to gain power and keep it where it rightfully belongs in the hands of the people closest to the pain. Those are on the leading, those on the leading edges of the movement for climate justice are precisely those who have been most socially subjugated and marginalized, especially in times of war, women, children, indigenous nations, and the communities from the global South. From Standing Rock to Morocco, from Bolivia to Nigeria, people are not only confronting the current crisis, but challenging its deep capitalist and colonialist underpinnings. We dishonor these climate protectors by making them part of the war analogy. The pervasive assumption that taking a problem seriously means treating it like a war shows how militarism has not only captured outsized portions of government spending, but has colonized our social imaginations as well. We can't save a burning planet with the same paradigms that have repeatedly set it on fire. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. So for folks, if you're interested in checking out that article, again, it's uh, from Truthout, and it's an op-ed that was written uh, by Medea Benjamin and Aziza Kanji on July 18th, 2019. going to take a moment here to share this on our weekly review webpage and take a sip of water take a break we'll play some music and we'll be back in a bit stay tuned
Alright, and welcome back. There were lots of big protests in Puerto Rico over the last week, and the governor um, has stepped down, um, just goes to show how direct action does get the goods. And I wanted to share a video here. I will be, I believe, narrating it here. Um, uh, that was shared by Defend Puerto Rico, which you can follow on Twitter if you go to at DefendPR. So I just wanted to provide some more information. Again, I'm I learning I'm learning a lot. So I kind of go into this. So when I'm oftentimes reading articles and or sharing audio clips and, and speaking with folks, I'm I'm here to learn. So I don't know why I felt the need to say say that. I think there's a lot of I think of a lot of folks in positions of power who think they know everything and um it's just where is the room for the curiosity? Where is the room for folks admitting they don't know, uh admitting that people are wrong sometimes and just also wanting just to learn from the folks who are experiencing it. So I think that's part of narrating, I guess, kind of what my thought process is, but also just wanting to, to share a bit of, of what this, uh, what share what's, what's going on here. So I'm going to, uh, See if we can get the music down here a little bit. And uh, I'm going to bring up this. And it's, uh, so it, folks are um, signing in, in sign language. So uh, then there are subtitles at the bottom. So I'm going to put down the music so I can speak. And uh, there we go. And uh, yeah, so again, if you go, if you follow at DefendPR, you can find this video. They have shared it, and I'm going to pause it along the way uh, so I can uh, keep up with the with the subtitles. And so the first person, hello, my name is Angela Maria Nardolio, and I apologize if I mispronounce the names here. I'll do my best. And this next person, my name is Salamar Rivera. Next is, and my name is Mio Sotis Cotto. And we are all Puerto Rican. And our island is going through hard times now. And also I want to mention that this came out, I believe, on July 25th. So this happened a few days ago that this video took place before the governor resigned. So what is going on in Puerto Rico? Uh, there's a revolution happening right now. And to video footage as well. Lots of folks protesting. There are people marching and protesting. The people want the governor to resign. His name is Ricardo Rosello. Uh, how come? Let's take it back. Puerto Rico is broke in a financial crisis. What is sad? What is ha it is sad? What is happening in Puerto Rico? For decades, there has been ongoing corruption caused by the government, control and manipulation. Then Hurricane Maria happened in 2017. Yet, so many, and so many lives were lost. Thousands of people died, but the government covered that up by saying that only a few dozen died. And they show footage. Uh, they tried to hide the truth, and lots of money was stolen. The people at the top controlling the funds were to support the people. Those funds were to be delegated out to schools and organizations. But only personal favorites received funding. 
For example, when a company is favorited, regardless of the budget, they just select them. That is illegal. The Secretary of Education, for example, has been arrested for stealing money, allegedly from the education system, causing 442 schools on the island to close. It was an unfair process. Just random schools were selected. Some schools poorly structured stayed open. Then others with great structure were closed. That's just one problem. With limited access to education and jobs, people are forced to leave the island. Okay, so this was part of the video. I'm gonna see if I can find uh, the other part of it. Um, bear with me, I'm gonna play some, a little bit more of that music and we'll be back in a, in a moment, stay tuned. Here we go. back to this video here and uh, okay so there's with limited access to education and jobs people are forced to leave the island Puerto Ricans knew about the corruption but no one had proof to justify it it's hard without factual evidence recently the FBI began investigating after the head of the financial institution had issues with the governor and gave the FBI private chat messages. But then three days later, posted them on social media. The public saw the conversations that these individuals were texting each other. All high-ranked government officials, including Ricardo Rosello, the governor of Puerto Rico. More than 889 pages of chats that span at least three years back. These leaked messages were vulgar, mocking individuals, groups, and victims in very misogynistic, racist, homophobic, and sexist behavior. None of it was representative of who Puerto Rico is. They joked about the lives lost from Hurricane Maria. Disgrace, shame, and disrespect towards their own people. Over $15 million stolen. Individuals um, in that chat were either fired or they resigned. And the same trickle down, excuse me, 
I'm going to move back just a bit here. And that same, whoops. All right. Individuals in that chat and the same trickle down to many others, but the governor must resign as he cannot be fired. And again, he has now. This was after the video came out. And so the protesting began. And so there's a little video, 500,000 people and counting just really phenomenal uh, photographs protesting, demanding that he resigns every day. He refuses. So it is up to the chamber and Senate. It has been frustrating in the deaf community. Uh, the governor was speaking in Spanish. Then he switched to English. Uh, the interpreter crossed her arms and stopped signing. So she didn't know English, which cut off the deaf community for the deaf. This is an added layer. There is no interpreter for the news. It's sad, many deaf who want to be informed on what's happening. There are signs to say justice for the deaf. There was an interpreter named Jose. He has been volunteering long days under the hot sun. He goes to the protests and interprets. So many people appreciate his support for the deaf. People are even flying to the island to protest. Soon one million people protesting. Wow. And again, showing videos of all the folks who are in the streets protesting. All races, ages, women, LGBT, deaf, gathering at the governor's house. With U.S. flags, the U.S. flag is replaced with Ricky, hashtag Ricky Renusia, resign Ricky. Rosello has three houses on the island. However, everyone protests at the house in the capital, La Fortaleza, uh, fortress in San Juan. They protest there even though he could be hiding. Oops, another has it. It's okay, sweetie. The media is not covering the full story. Uh, for live updates, go to um, hashtag Ricky Renuncia, and that's R-I-C-K-Y-R-E-N-U-N-C-I-A. It's okay. Uh, you can see full coverage and learn ways to get involved. Uh, sharing this video is how you can help. So, again, um, this was shared on Instagram at, uh, if you are on Instagram, uh, Angela Maria OTG, and that's A-N-G-E-L-A-M-A-R-I-A-O-T-G. So you can follow this person on Instagram. And I'm also going to share this once more um, on Twitter. And there's also a link to the full video as well. It also brings up the, I recognize that this is an audio show and something I've been wanting to work on for a while has been transcripts of these shows. So for folks who are deaf and or hard of hearing, um, have a way to access the information shared on this program, putting that out there, um, not in a position where I'm able, uh, like to be able to raise some funds to help pay some folks to, to translate, um, to, uh, transcript do transcripts as well as translate the show as well into Spanish. So putting that out there in the universe, if you'd like to donate to the show, um, right now I've got enough to cover the, the dues and maybe a little bit after that. Um, but if I could raise enough funds, it would be great to put together. We're working on a website and for more, oh, wow. I'm tough marketing today. Uh, check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev, a uh, dollar a month and more would be helpful. Cool. All right. So we are coming towards the end of this program here. Um, shared some, learned a lot, shared some things. Great. Oh, I am just so, I keep on saying low energy. And that's just how I'm feeling. Very low energy right now. 
I do want to share some upcoming events that folks can check out. And we do have some more time here. So I want to share that as well. Oh, goodness. I also wanted to recommend uh, for folks, if you have access to HBO, uh, the documentary Who Killed Garrett Phillips. It's like, wow. It is, oof. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I do want to encourage folks to to watch it. It's just a, a snapshot into the quote-unquote justice system here. Not even the justice system, but kind of what leads up to it and corrupt cops and whatnot. Wow. it's It's a lot. So please do check out this film again it's on hbo who killed garrett phillips and moving along i do want to share more while we are here and going to oh goodness lots of news articles and oh goodness okay I do want to um, share some upcoming events. There's a lot of frightening things that are happening and also ways that folks can show up. So I did want to share upcoming events that are happening here in the Bay Area that folks can participate in. And I'm going to move down here. And on the list, I'm going to scroll down and share these events. There's going to be a lot of events uh, happening outside of ICE headquarters in San Francisco. So do want to encourage folks. Also, there's going to be a, a benefit for uh, races, which is R-A-I-C-E-S. Um, July 28th, which is Sunday at 4 p.m. at the Ivy Room in Albany. And a few different bands will be playing. Uh, Cairo Echo, Side Pony, Scorpio Moon, Scout Tran, and more. So if you'd like to see an awesome show, as well as raise funds for a rad organization. You can check that out again, happening at the Ivy Room, Sunday, 4 p.m., July 28th. Lots of noises, lots of things happening. I'm going to move down here and check out some more info to share. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to check out other episodes, please do. We've got the, the archive that goes back to about 2015. Uh, for this show is available on the weekly review. If you go to, yeah. Uh, if you go to mutinyradio.fm forward slash weekly ref. So there's a block party to abolish ice, which is happening uh, July 30th from noon till July 31st at 5 a.m. And there's more things happening in August as well. So again, it's happening at 630 Sansom Street in San Francisco. Join us to abolish ICE. Stand together to demand an end to concentration camps where families and children are separated, imprisoned, and abused, and murdered. To demand the uh, abolition of ICE, DHS, police, prisons, borders, and all the state apparatuses and mechanisms that serve to lock people away and oppress us. Join our block party to make our presence be known. There'll be free food and agua frescas, DJs and performances, arts and crafts, childcare and space for children to play together. This is a community event to build with each other and to let ICE know uh, we will not let them continue to arrest, detain, deport, and kill anyone. This has to stop now. And I would, rec- I would imagine there are events like this happening around the country. All right. I'm... I think I'm done for the day. I'm whew, just really feeling it. So again, thanks so much to Zara for calling in. Thanks to all these folks for listening. Really appreciate it. 
oh, I'm going to get my energy up. Don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening and really appreciate it. Uh, check out Mutiny Radio. Uh, yep. That's it. That's kind of where we're at. And probably some upbeat music I think would be helpful at the moment. I'm going to pull up iTunes. <sighs> Check out mutinyradio.fm. There are shows here every day of the week. Lots of other great shows. And, yep, I'm going to, uh, yeah, find some good music to uh, end the show on today. And uh, here's one that always one of my favorites, uh, Mass Destruction by Faithless. And we'll be back again next week. Uh, Have a great week, everybody. The long-range weapon or suicide bomb A wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction Whether you're Solaway Sun or BBC One This information is a weapon of mass destruction You could a Caucasian or a poor Asian Racism is a weapon of mass destruction Whether inflation or globalization Fear is a weapon of mass destruction My dad came into my room holding his hat I knew he was leaving He sat on my bed, told me some facts Son, I have a duty calling on me You and your sister be brave, my little soldier And don't forget all I told you You're the mister of the house now, remember this And when you wake up in the morning, give your mama a kiss Then I had to say goodbye In the morning woke mama with the kiss on each eyelid Even though I'm only a kid Certain things can't be hit Mama grabbed me, held me like I was made ago But left her in the stories untold I said, Mama, it'll be alright When Daddy comes home tonight There's a long-range weapon or suicide bomb A wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction Whether you're Solaway Sun or BBC One This information is a weapon of mass destruction You could have Caucasian or a poor Asian Racism is a weapon of mass destruction Whether inflation or globalization Fear is a weapon of mass destruction Whether Halliburton and run or anyone greed Is a weapon of mass destruction We need to find courage Overcome inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. My story stops here. Let's be clear, this scenario is happening everywhere And you ain't going to Nirvana or Farvana You coming right back here to live out your karma With even more drama than previously (laughs) Seriously Just how many centuries have we been waiting For someone else to make us free And we refuse to see That people overseas suffer just like we Bad leadership and egos unfettered and free Feed on the people they supposed to lead I don't need the people to pray and wait For the Lord to make it all straight There's only now and do it right Cause I don't want your daddy Leave your home tonight 
Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're solar waste sun or BBC One, misinformation is a weapon of mass destruction. You could a Caucasian or a poor Asian. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether Halliburton, Enron, or anyone greed is a weapon of mass destruction. We need to find courage, overcome inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Inaction is a weapon of mass destruction. Of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs>
Black, black, plastic. So, so if you're in your car and you're listening to one radio station, you need you're radio station. You're hearing all, all the others. They are, they are tweeting in on all frequencies, and you're keeping them. So just listen to, to one specific six. Saturday into two. And you leave the sound quality, quality good, and you understand everything that's playing, playing. <laughs> However, however, if your radio video is not fine too, too, you might need two or two or three or more stage stage at the same time. time. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Yeah. 
welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> and welcoming open mic, where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warning School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as mutinyradio.fm, listen in live from home or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8pm, cheerio darlings. See a faded sign at the side of the road that's